0: Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members have DIC terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Perfection. Nothing personal, word of the day. It is Thursday, June 29th, 2023. And we are talking about a perfect game thrown in Major League Baseball by the New York Yankees, by Domingo Herman against the Oakland A's. Good morning. Welcome to Nothing Personal. Do I have a story? Here in Miami, doing nothing personal for you every day, helping out with the Levitard show. I'm finally getting a little sleep. My eyes are closed, out like a light, bring, bring. Phone rings, I look at the phone assuming there's a problem because when the phone rings late at night, it's not an ideal situation. It's CBS Sports. David, we need you on the air, there was a perfect game. Huh? What happened? Who did it? Domingo Herman against the Oakland A's, what? Stan finally hit a home run. They were up one, nothing. I stopped paying attention. He he squared up a ball. I want my friend to start hitting again. And when he starts to get hot, he gets hot. And I mean, scorching, but no way. Yeah, we need John in five minutes. Jump out of bed, blazer back on, shirt back on, on the air, do the segment. And now we're back here this morning. So if you didn't see the segment, on CBS Sports HQ or the network. I can't believe what we just saw. It's not like the Al Michaels miracle on ice, which may be a reference. Coke, is that a dated reference that nobody knows about right now? Maybe the most famous call in the history of sports when the USA beat Russia. Do you believe in miracles? MLB has a system in place. It's a very, very good system. It's like a machine that's ready to crank out when something happens. And it bleeds down to teams, and I have experience in this, because we had a perfect game thrown against us. There's only been 23 perfect games ever, ever until last night. Now there's 24. That's it. There's been more of everything in baseball steroid suspensions. I guess five home run games, there probably haven't been 24. Nine hit games, there probably haven't been 24. Perfect games means three up, three down, nine times. No walks, no hit by pitch, no errors, no nothing, nada, zero. Three up, three down, nine times, 27 outs. Roy Halladay threw a perfect game against the Marlins, a pro player, and we made news because it was an opportunity to make money. We had a very small crowd who watched it, but we had a lot of tickets. Back then, there was a world full of Darren Ravels. Everyone wanted a ticket stub. So we reopened sales for a game that had already been played. So people could get tickets to a game Say they went there, what do I care? If they want to lie to their family? If they want to lie to Uncle Gus at a family barbecue? Hell yeah, I was there. Doesn't matter if they were or were not. And we got to raise the announced attendance for that game after the fact. That was a day. The other thing we did when we were hosting a perfect game, as we saw it happening, our clubhouse people, one of their many jobs, clubhouse managers have a lot to do, very busy. One of the things they do is let's get ready. The phone call comes from me during the game. Start changing out the bases every inning. Every ball that gets thrown away, keep it. Get it authenticated. Uniforms. Home plate, dig it up. Home plates are not like the bases. Even the new bases that are the size of pizza uh, pizza boxes, Home plates, if you've ever seen a home plate out of the ground, home plates are like icebergs. You're only seeing the tip, and there's a lot of stuff going on below. I can barely lift a home plate. Now, granted, I'm not Coca. But even Coca would have a hard time lifting home plate. It requires many different people. So Roy Halliday does the perfect game it's so bad when someone throws a perfect game against you i think what did we announce coca twenty five thousand. my guess is there were only twelve thousand actually there and then we doubled it with people buying ticket stubs after the fact at full price might i add our next game what do we get we got 12 there you go that's about right So this is going on. You get to the fifth inning, sixth inning, seventh inning. Meanwhile, all the fielders know what's happening. One of the great misleading things that happens when players are interviewed is they tell you, I didn't realize that I was a triple short of the cycle. Yes, you did. Oh, I didn't realize I had a no hitter. Yes, you did. They all notice Everything that's going on. Oh, I don't look at the stands until August. Yes, you do. Oh, I don't know our record. Yes, you do. And as you get later in the game, there's a little bit more tension. And every no-hitter, for sure, every perfect game guaranteed, there's going to be a play. The only play that people are talking about was a shot to stand in right field, That would have been a home run at Yankee Stadium, end of perfect game. Stanton camped under it, caught it. That's it. Then you get to two outs in the ninth. The crowd of 17 people excited, witnessing history. MLB getting ready. MLB.com getting ready to release stats. MLB getting ready to honor, figuring out where they're going to put an ad. Not necessarily in a paper, it used to be in a paper. This is going to be a perfect game. Ground ball to the embattled Josh Donaldson, the third baseman who's overpaid and can't hit and gets benched because he's so bad and has the ire of Yankee fans. A Yankees team that can't score without Aaron Judge goes to Oakland and scores 11 runs in a perfect game that their pitcher's throwing. Donaldson across the diamond And the celebration begins. And I am so jaded from 18 years doing this. All I kept thinking was, oh my God, a perfect game by the guy who was suspended 81 games for violating the joint domestic violence, sexual assault and child abuse policy, all the way back in 2020 which to me seems like yesterday. This is the same pitcher, Domingo Herman, who was suspended this year for Sticky Stuff, just last month. Of all the people, if MLB got together, they got in a room, they formed a committee, they named the head of a committee, let's say it would be Mark Antonazio. Nobody else, we don't know who would be on the committee, but just say it's Mark. And they made a list. Give me the pitchers who we want to celebrate and have throw a perfect game. Ready? Go. Domingo Herman would be in the bottom 5%. Now, where should the perfect game be thrown? It's like Tony Gwynn getting his 3,000th hit at Olympic Stadium. Oi. Where would be the best place for a perfect game? Let's rank them. Let's reconvene the committee. We're calling this committee back to order. Where would we like the perfect game to be? 30 possibilities. Coming in 30th place, the Oakland A's Coliseum. It's really quite unreal. The Oakland A's who are in the middle of this nightmare season of ineffectiveness on the field, this nightmare decade of ineffectiveness off the field against a team that is the number one team across the world. It's the Dallas Cowboys of baseball by far. Sorry, Red Sox. Sorry, Cardinals. Sorry, Guardians. There's the Yankees and everybody else. But Domingo Herman, I know Domingo Herman. I traded Domingo Herman. Can I can I do a side note here, Coco? Do we have time? Can I do a side note on that trade? This is unreal. This is so funny to me. This is back in 2014, I think 13, 14, almost 10 years ago. We're looking. Nate Evaldi is getting too expensive. We're gonna have to move him. We don't want to allocate that amount of payroll to him. He's getting up there in arbitration years, is my recollection. (laughs) And the thought was, we also had this guy, Garrett Jones, who was also getting up there and we would be able to replace him certainly with the same level of accomplishment, not the same level of pedigree, but our view was the same level of accomplishment. For less money. Because we like trading with the Yankees, we identified a pitcher named David Phelps, who we wanted, who we felt could start for us or be in the bullpen. A great, great swing guy. David Phelps, who I believe I met in the arbitration room. I believe he's one of the players in my career, the first time I met him, is when we took him to arbitration. I could be wrong, David, and I'm sorry about that. He just recently retired, great career. And the other key to the trade was Martin Prado. Martin Prado ended up being a glue of our clubhouse, an absolutely amazing person to be around, an amazing player on the field. He had been an all-star in basically any position he could play, we wanted him to play the corner for us, wanted him to be the glue in the clubhouse because he can hang out in all the different cliques. Loved him, had our eyes on both David and Martin. But here's the problem. We didn't wanna pay the salary, wanted some cash back. And so the Yankees said, we'll do the deal, but we want this pitcher named Domingo Herman." Our baseball people come up to me and say, listen, we got it, you told us where we have to get to in payroll. This is how these conversations actually happen. I was not the baseball guy. I'm not the GM. I'm not the president of baseball operations, but I'm running the entire business. So I'm trying to take different things into account. Knowing that we've got to unload Evaldi and Jones, knowing that our owner wants to get Prado in. The baseball people say, listen, Herman is likely at best middle of the rotation guy, maybe likely bottom of the rotation maybe even on the 4A train. The 4A train is when you're better than AAA. You're not good enough to be a performing major league starter. You're sort of a tweener. You're a 4A guy. That's what we call them. Because there's only 1A, 2A, and 3A. But if a 4A, that would obviously mean you're better than a 3A. But not quite a big leaguer. Their view was, I would strongly consider you not including him in the deal. But at the end of the day, this accomplishes what we need to fiscally. We're not gonna get in the way of this deal. And it was the same thing that happened in the Dan Hare and D Gordon trade where we were forced to include Austin Barnes and Chris Hatcher, just put, throw them in there. My view was we're not stopping a deal over a guy who's got a chance to maybe make it, likely won't, and if he does, he'll be a middle of the rotation guy at best. We need the help right now. It's not like her mom was gonna come in and and be in, in our rotation instead of Ivaldi. That was not happening. So including him, fine. And from the Yankees standpoint, throwing their money around, they basically get an international pick. They get to get around the international issues, no problem. I don't even remember whether the rules existed at the time for what your limit could be. But the trade happens. Then I'm following Herman's career as he makes it, he makes it. Then he's suspended, then this, then that. And he's still on the Yankees. This is nine years later. And he does a Maddox. Under 100 pitches. He joins an elite group of people who have thrown a perfect game. Dallas Braden, welcome into the club. Philip Humber, welcome into the club. Now, that's not nice of me. Because the perfect game is supposed to be done by the perfect pitcher. But in baseball, anyone can throw a perfect game. What a bizarre thing. Can you imagine if just on a Tuesday you could do heart surgery, but then on Wednesday, you can't apply a Band-Aid to a cut on your pinky where you've picked your cuticle. That's sort of how it goes in baseball. Any given day, any player who's there has a chance to do something. And now the New York Yankees, for the rest of time, have to say, Don Larson, David Wells, David Cohn, and Domingo Herman. I can't even. First Dominican player ever to throw a perfect game. I-, I could go on. The first perfect game in MLB, period, in over a decade. King Felix Bautista threw a perfect game in 2012. Staggering. It's the longest stretch ever between perfect games that we've had against a team that now will be remembered for all time for being so bad. People don't look back at David Cohn's perfect game and say, oh, that Expos team in 1999, they stunk. But When they go back and look at the 2023 A's, how do you think that's going to play out? All of that said, congratulations to Domingo Herman, because it's damn cool. Something that happens so infrequently, you got to give the props. No matter who the vehicle is, no matter how badly you don't want that vehicle to be the spokesperson of specialness, you still got to say, wow, way to go. It gave people in Oakland a minute to take a breath away from the reality that they face of their season and of their team. And it came on a day when there were some updates with the Oakland A's, which interested me because we've been covering the story. We've been telling you about the island that I'm living on, number one, You can't fit a ballpark on nine acres. Number two, the deal to move to Vegas is not done. Number three, I still think the deal can get done in Oakland. Despite all evidence to the contrary, I am full Rick Astley and continue to be. An article came out in a Vegas newspaper yesterday where they pointed out something that I knew and I don't mean that as a flex, but if you're paying attention to the story, anyone paying attention, whether you're in Frisco, Oakland, or Vegas, it's been a little quiet on the Western front. There was a frenzy to get the deal done at 250K a day in the special session. We're ready, we got the renderings, we got the money, hell yeah finally an article came out pointing out you know there may be some problems the problems in vegas right now stem from a couple things just a little few weeny teeny tiny things one of which is there is no indication and no work that is being done that the stadium can be built where Bally's is letting them build it, where Bally's is letting them build it on those nine acres. And as a matter of fact, Oakland went so far as to say, yeah, we're doing some designing, but we don't have a construction firm, we don't have a design architect, but we're gonna get to that soon. And I said to myself, what? Soon? It's the first thing you need. We hired an architect before we had the financing to do the building. We were starting with documents. There are different levels you have. You start with design documents and you end with construction documents. Construction documents are literally where everything goes from outlets, to everything. Hundreds of pages. It's what the people use when they're on site. Oh, there's a toilet there? I guess we need some plumbing. Oh, look, there's a construction document that says they need plumbing right there. We'll do the plumbing right there. To not have hired an architect yet, are you gonna do design build? which means you design the entire thing before you start, which is a way to control costs, which is what we did because we're responsible for overruns. You need to have the design done, the documents done. It costs money. It takes time. They haven't started. Here's the other thing you got to do. Negotiate hundreds of pages of agreements, a non-relocation agreement with the county of Clark. We promise that we will be in Vegas for 38 years. We promised it to Miami. Through hell or high water, Chris pine, we're not going anywhere. Then you need a construction agreement, an agreement with the public about who's responsible for what, all the way from the first second you clean up the site to the first time there is a pitch thrown then you need an operating agreement. Who's responsible for what? You can go look at all these agreements that are available for you to read as a matter of public record, the ones that we negotiated. They're all out there. They're a little bit like the CBA in that no one reads them. I read every word, I promise you that. None of it's happening. And Vegas is realizing, wow, there seems to be a lot to do here. And the A's are saying that they want to open in 2028 for the 2028 season. Retractable roof is going to take 36 months to build. That means you got to start no later than April of 25. No problem, because that gives us easily plenty of time to get everything done. We're just past April of 23. That's 22 months. Piece of cake. News alert, you better get your tuchus in gear. Negotiating these documents takes a lot of time. You need at least 12 months post negotiation pre the beginning of the 36 month construction period. And don't tell me, oh no, we're gonna cut the 36 months to 33 months, maybe to 30 months. It's only going to be 30,000 seats, no problem. Oh, if worst case scenario, we'll do three shifts, pay extra. Nope, not going to do that. Oh, no problem. If it opens all-star break of 28, nope, not going to do that. Ah, we'll push it to 29. Uh Uh-oh, what are we going to play where the Phoenix Coyotes play? There is work to be done. Now, maybe they're doing it. This is the only thing I can think of, Coca. Maybe they're doing it quietly. No leaks, no talking. I couldn't go number one during the negotiation with the public on these agreements without the media knowing what was going on. I couldn't take a five minute break without people asking what's happening. Tell us, give me the update, show me the agreements. Natives are getting restless. The native Vegas people, as well as the Oaklanderians, everyone's nervous. But I told you we got till January of 24, January of 24. That's when we're going to see real action. We'll still be around, Coca. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about a documentary I watched, which is We're talking about about Conor McGregor. And then we're going to talk about a press conference that happened. And ooh-wee, was it a doozy. We'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Through the first round of the NBA playoffs, it's still all about the Celtics and the Nuggets. Will it be a likely matchup between the two powerhouses for the NBA championship? You can bet on the Celtics to beat the Nuggets at plus 400, or the Nuggets to beat the Celtics at plus 425 right now. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SAMSON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467 369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. How are you? We are live, Matthew Coca and I, the real Matthew Coca. please stand up. We're live eight eight forty five on the Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. Please hit subscribe. We could use some propulsion. I have no idea why there are shows that I find to be less interesting, but that sounds terrible for me to say, or things that are get more subscribers. Just hit subscribe. Tell your friends to subscribe. And thank you for downloading the show. That is going great, continuing to do that, telling your friends about it. We love it, we appreciate it. We're here for you every day, eight o'clock. I watched a documentary called McGregor Forever. Just came out on Netflix, maybe. It's a four-parter. I've got some Blind spots when it comes to, no, blind spots are things that you don't know about that you think you know about or that you don't realize you don't know about. I don't know much about Conor McGregor. I don't really remember some of the fights that he's done, what his history is with MMA, the fights he's had with Dana White. I had forgotten about the bubble they did on Bubble Island, on Fight Island during COVID. The craziness of all that. What I remembered because it's now was Conor McGregor having the issue during the NBA finals. Surprisingly, not part of the documentary, but it sure as heck isn't helping. I'm watching the documentary, looking at this guy, looking at the focus on his family, his fiance, his kids, why he does the things he does. It is a victory lap for Conor McGregor and the intense pound for pound greatest fighter in the world, or is that Meriwether? Who's got that um, moniker? Coca? somebody does. Was it Muhammad Ali? Somebody, I'm pound for pound, the greatest fighter in the world. It is Mayweather. So, oh, I call them Manyweather. Sorry, Mayweather. <laughs> I was gonna call him Meriwether. I don't know why. The guy's my size. Back to Conor McGregor. Four episodes, it interested me. In the back of my head, I was not happy with the position he's in now. I wanted to know how he got there. You get a lot of backstory. But then I started realizing this seems a little bit that he could have been involved. Though I did have some amount of sympathy for the amount that he works, for the injuries he's had, but I couldn't help but think to myself, I was thinking about you, Coca, and your gladiator tattoo that you have. I was thinking about boxing and the boxing matches I've seen because they showed a lot of his MMA fights, McGregor's fights. It's so violent. And we're cheering as people beat the crap out of each other and we're betting on it. And then I realized it's been going on for hundreds of years. Hundreds. What is it about that pugilism that we just love so much? McGregor forever, I'm in if you're in. Yesterday, we gave you an example, a very, very simple example of what Steve Cohn's press conference should be. Steve Cohn, the owner of the Mets, tweeted, I will hold a press conference tomorrow. You will get it from me straight. I don't think he had any clue at all what people were expecting. He just fired off a tweet, called up his PR people and said, move the desk, bring in a little tabletop, get me a bottle of water, get me a little glove chair, and we'll see what happens. Steve, you're the owner of the team. You're gonna call a press conference, it's gonna be a zoo. It's gonna be carried live on the networks. I couldn't even believe this. I gave you two wait to seize yesterday heading into the press conference. One, he wouldn't even speak for seven minutes before taking questions because I knew this was just gonna be a press availability, not a press conference. For crying out loud, it could have been an email at the end of the day. I also told you, wait to see, no changes will be announced. Oh, is he going to fire Showalter? Oh, I think Epler's gone. Is he announcing the signing of Pete Alonso? No. He's got nothing to say other than what he said. I got that part wrong. He said something amazing. Play it for me, Matt.
1: Really expensive. I think that's the reason why you know we're spending as much as we are. Um, You know, position players. We have young players coming up. I think that's going to, over time, help from a payroll perspective. And and um, you know, listen. I mean, you know, I I don't think it's sustainable in a long term. I mean, just losing the type of money that I'm losing. I mean, it's it's a lot to ask. Okay. And and um, you know, and frankly. You know, I, you know, we'll figure that out as we go, but um, I certainly have the wherewithal to do it and and there's this question how long. How yeah. much money are you losing? Well, bigger than a bread basket, I'll tell you that.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you after the thing, okay? <laughs> Oh my god. He said it. You've heard it from me. What he's doing with the Mets is purposeful. You get the three to five years. Mike, are you listening? Oh, no, Steve Cohn must be lying. No. He is getting his ass kicked on the field and off the field, bleeding money. Now, there are tax bennies to this for the first five years because of the depreciation. Yes, that's the law. And I told you that Steve Cohn isn't going to keep doing this. But he hadn't said a word. Mets fans were super excited. We got our guy. Steve Cohn's our savior. He's going to spend and spend and spend and spend. Oh, my God, he's not spending. Well, no problem. He's still spending. NFL, baby, not for long. He is telling you to get ready for when the end of the five-year stretch happens. He's got to start being responsible. Rich people don't like writing checks, but they're forced to write checks of some amount, but not in the hundreds of millions. That's what the Mets' losses are. Their payroll and their luxury tax is in the upper 400s total. There's no revenue that comes close to that. None. Steve Cohn just gave you his roadmap that we had given you. And people are more focused on the fact that he's still looking for a president of baseball operations. He's funny. The whole press conference was a nothing burger. He doesn't want to make a mistake, so he's going to wait and Billy Epler knows that someone's coming in ahead of him. He wants to hire a president and CEO to run his business, but he's going to wait because he doesn't want to make a mistake. Do you think Steve Cohen's the type of guy who goes to the candy store and goes up and down the aisle? Ooh, do I want Skittles today? Good and plenty? Oh, maybe I want some Mike and Ikes. My view is take them all, go check out, and you got yourself a bag of candy. Paralysis by analysis equals failure. This is his third year with the team. Sandy Alderson wasn't the president of the team, by name maybe, but not by action, not by actually the job. Billy Epler is fine as a GM, but if you want a game-changing mind, you're talking about David Stearns in Milwaukee or Theo Epstein in the commissioner's office, Michael Hill in the commissioner's office. You want to give somebody the reins, but you've pissed it all away for three years, and you give the explanation and the excuse, no problem, I'm patient, I can wait. And then the other focus is one of the things that we do when we're upset with our team, I've done this. You have to do it smartly, carefully, and with nuance. You don't necessarily want to say, hey, we've been pretty stinky and it's on the players. Even if you think that and you love Buck Showalter and you love Billy Epler and you think that everyone's fine and you think that Scherzer and Verlander are not performing the way you thought and you paid them $43 million to not do exactly what they're doing now. Even when you've got McNeil struggling, Lindor at $34 million, hitting in the 220s, Alonzo hitting in the 220s. Edwin Diaz out for the year, their closer before the season even started. Injuries happening, suspensions happening for sticky stuff. Instead of meeting the media and saying what we told him to say yesterday, he wanted you to know that he's not firing Buck Showalter and Billy Epler during the course of this season. Big whoop. But then he said, we're not done yet. It's not lost. It's just late. He has the season as late. I have it as middle. Quote, I'm preparing my management team for all possibilities. (laughs) I can't. Coca gives me a stomachache. It makes me, it makes, it makes me hurt. Is that the goal of a owner? To prepare their management team for all possibilities? Yes, that's what you do when you're a leader, when you've got departments working for you. We need contingency plans. We need plan A, plan B, plan C. If not A, then B. If not A and B, then C. We're always preparing in baseball to be buyers and sellers. We're always tinkering with marketing plans, sales plans, ticket packages. We're always preparing for contingencies, but that's what he's doing. If we don't get better, he said, we have decisions to make at the trade deadline. Steve, from one president to an owner, I would like to point out that every team has decisions to make at the trade deadline. It has nothing to do with getting better. What you meant to say is if you don't get better, the decisions are made about the trade deadline. Of course, the Mets should be sellers. It's what you do. If you can get someone to take Max Scherzer off your team and have him waive the no trade the way he did from the Nationals to the Dodgers, what exactly is Max Scherzer to the Mets? A blip? A burp? He won a title with the Nats and the Nats traded him to the Dodgers because it was time for them to sell. What what decision is there to make? Hey, Max, you want another ring? We're ready to move you. Wave the no trade clause, which we shouldn't have given you in the first place. Hey, Justin, you want another ring? Or does Kate like New York? Hey, Pete. You got another year till free agency. What do you think? We could get something for you. Nah, we're probably going to sign you. We're going to keep you. David Robertson, see you later. The only decision Steve Cohn has to make is if he's going to escobar every other player. Escobaring a player to Steve Cohn is trading a player away, but paying his salary. If you trade Max Scherzer to someone and don't want to save a penny because you were dumb enough, and Steve, you're not a dumb man. You're a brilliant man. When asked whether or not you are willing to include money with players you would potentially sell, there's only one answer you can't give, and it's the answer he gave verbatim. I consider this year's payroll money already spent. Oh, no. If I were the president of that team, I wouldn't have let him say that. It's absurd. Money for your on-field team is not already spent until the final day of the regular season. You can trade players away who make money and lessen your burden, but you're too busy in the BDC to say, hey, I've got the wherewithal. I don't need to cut payroll. I can keep payroll up. Don't worry about me. But then you're about to say the sentence from our video clip, which is, it's not sustainable. If you could sustain it for another season because you cut your losses this season, why aren't you doing it? Oh, because I want to build a farm team. Love it when owners say that. That's what we're going to do. We got to continue to build, be strong, get young players in. That's the way to sustain it. Pitching's too expensive to get. Then what were you doing? One day I'll figure out why owners say what they say. Why Steve Cohn called the press conference in the first place. Anybody paying attention to that press conference recognizes the only thing of interest is that he just confirmed to you. He simply confirmed to you that he's not going to have payrolls this high forever. Duh. I cannot believe that I took the Mets last night. Coca, you can't let me think that the Mets team is going to see the Steve Cohn ridiculous presser and say, Hey, let's win one for the Gippa. I mean, what what was I thinking? We lost. Did you watch that game? Senga? Just didn't happen. Buck Showalter was so angry and so desperate. He's desperate because he's a veteran manager. He doesn't pay attention to Steve Cohn saying, hey, I'm not firing anybody during the season. Are we keeping him during the season? Absolutely. No, no, no. The only thing I should have bet on was Buck Showalter getting ejected last night. That would have been easy money, Rodney. He got ejected over a check swing hit by pitch with Jeff McNeil, which was a swing, by the way. He was right, but when managers get ejected, they're trying to fire up their team. They're trying to stick a cattle prod in their behind trying to go full Anton sugar, the little cattle prod right. It's not gonna work, Buck. So we lost 199 is our record. That's two in a row. All right, we got a game today. We have a pretty good audience in St. Louis. I was looking at the breakdown of states and countries for nothing personal and who's with me here today and every day. And I love people in St. Louis deeply with all my heart. And I have been holding steady that the Cardinals got this, that it's all going to work out. There will be plenty of time. Unfortunately, and I'm trying to do this live, and I'm very sorry for that, Coca, because that's just unprofessional. And I'm not asking you to do it. The Cardinals are in last place nine games out of first. They are 13 games under, nine games behind the Reds. But the good news is, in the wild card, they're still ahead of the Nationals and the Rockies. I'm sorry. No chance, toilet pants. The Cardinals can't win the division. They can't make the playoffs. They're not going to make the playoffs. They've gotta figure out how to get some leadership back in their clubhouse. They've gotta figure out how to replace Molina. And I don't mean that Contreras is not worthy of it, but I'm talking about the other things Molina does. The Astros, on the other hand, are right now saying to themselves, we cannot possibly repeat, but we're only a half game out of the wild card. So we gotta get to the playoffs in order to repeat. Texas has been phenomenal. They're looking up six games at Texas. May be hard to catch them. Dusty Baker knows well. Get me in the tourney and my veteran guys. We've got this. Astros are playing the Cardinals right now. And I've got the Astros beating the Cardinals. That's the nothing personal pick of the day. Domingo Herman becomes the 24th pitcher ever to throw a perfect game last night the face of perfection. Six Mount Rushmores are out there and we are etching Domingo's name. We have made the Oakland A's permanently memorable and Steve Cohn is sitting on a chair reminding you what I've always told you, it's just business. I love you Mets fans, I swear to you I do. I'm one of them.